It's okay. We'll pray. Loving God, we thank you for this glorious day and for the fond memories of friends and family that have come together here, that have been made flesh. We thank you for being together as your family here today, Lord, and remembering all those who cannot be with us today or who have yet to be with us today. Lord, make us all, as your people, happy in Christ. I hope and pray that you had a good week and that you found some happiness along the way. And maybe for some of us this week, happiness was on Valentine's Day. My wife gave me this beautiful card, and we had a, a few moments together to appreciate being a couple and being a family with our son. And there were chocolates and flowers and simple gifts. We're, we're pretty typical in what we offer each other on Valentine's Day. It was nice to have a simple moment of happiness. Happiness. It's such a gift to be happy, and, and such a gift to be happy in simple things. Amen? Amen. The, the comic strip artist Charles Schultz came up with a way of expressing this many years ago. He said, happiness is a warm puppy. Remember that one? And, and, and what I like about this, this famous picture is that little girl, remember her name? Thank you. She was usually pretty crabby, right? And sometimes pretty mean. And, and the dog? Snoopy. Snoopy, he was kind of too sophisticated for his own good sometimes. You know, there's nothing like a simple moment of happiness to bring out the best in us and in We love simple happiness. A warm cup of coffee or tea, a, a favorite pair of slippers, a walk down a road in a beautiful place. Happiness is so important to our American way of life, in fact, that Thomas Jefferson said in our Declaration of Independence that the pursuit of happiness was an inalienable right of Americans. To be American is looking for happiness anywhere and everywhere we can. Pursuing happiness is the American way. Of course, not all happiness is created equal, even if, as our Declaration of Independence says, all people are created equal. Happiness comes in all shapes <coughs> and sizes, doesn't it? And, and some happiness is free and easy, and some happiness is expensive. It comes at a great price. There are companies spending trillions of dollars each year to convince us to spend more money on happiness. And many of us, we don't have the money to buy what they say we should to make us happy. Maybe that's why so much of pursuing happiness makes us unhappy. We can get caught in an if-then world of seeking imaginary happiness that can make us slaves to another person's ideas about what happiness should be. When I worked in New York City um, several years ago, I, I would pass by beggars on the streets often. And I would always try to have just a few dollars in my pocket 
when I walked down the street so I could be sure to give them something that they could use. One day, I was walking down the street and I passed a beggar and I, I didn't have anything in my pocket to give him. And so I mumbled an apology to him and the beggar replied with two words that cut me to the heart. Bless you. Bless you. This poor man, on a street corner, on a chilly morning, with next to nothing in his pocket, offered me, a person with good shoes, good clothes, a house, a car, a family, good health, all this, and I'm sure more, he offered me a blessing. He gave me something that he was able to give freely, something that money could never buy, the ability to understand what people really needed in life. Blessings. Maybe our frustration in pursuing happiness is how we use our language. Maybe what we think is true happiness is actually called something else like blessings. Maybe what that poor old man was telling me that day was that God's language challenges us to think about what happiness really is. Maybe what God is calling us towards is not what the world calls happiness, amen? But towards what God calls happiness. And sometimes we need to hear from God in different ways to understand what that happiness is really all about. Our gospel reading today came from Luke's gospel again. The gospel that we're going to be hearing a lot of through this year of lectionary readings. Now, Luke's gospel challenges us in ways that are different from Matthew, Mark, and John. You see, Luke reminds us again and again, and more than the other gospel writers probably, that Jesus was calling people to look not only at themselves, and the, but at the world around them. A world that had been denied so much happiness, unfairly, for the sake of power and wealth. You have to look very carefully sometimes at the words of Luke's gospel because sometimes text what Jesus was talking about on the subject, it might just like fly right past you in a second. It's so simple, and yet, it's very deep. Since last week's readings in Luke, you see that Jesus has called together his 12 apostles, and he's been in, ama in an amazing world with this power of healing. And people's minds and hearts have been made whole by Jesus. People are coming around from all places to see and to hear Jesus, even from foreign cities like Tyre and Sidon. The rich, the poor, the familiar, the foreign, they all got together one day on a flat plain near Capernaum. Everybody was equal before the eyes of Jesus. Now imagine Jesus in the middle of this in huge crowd, and as Luke tells us, Jesus is looking up at the disciples. Now there was only one way on a flat plane that Jesus could have been looking up at his disciples. 
He had to be below them. He had to be looking up at them like a beggar would be looking up at them. Just like a beggar on the street that I saw in New York. So Jesus then begins to tell these people from a beggar's point of view what happiness is really all about. And from that perspective, looking up at his disciples and at people just listening, rich and poor, kind and cruel, Jesus told people amazing things, things that only a beggar could see. Jesus said, happy are you who are poor because God's kingdom is yours. What's that all about? Well, the Greek word in, in Luke's gospel for poor meant literally someone who was kneeling like a beggar. Jesus was telling us and showing us by how he was there that the beggar was the model for happiness in God's eyes. That Greek word for happy didn't really mean happiness in just a human sense. It meant something more deep, more real. Blessings. Gifts from God that the world could never take away. Jesus was turning the world's image of happiness upside down. Are you poor? Are you feeling like you're on your knees in your heart and in your life begging for God's blessings, God's justice, God's perfect love in a world filled with false happiness? Or are you like everyone but Jesus in that crowd on your feet, standing tall and proud, afraid to bow your knees before the one who gives us true happiness? Are you willing to be hungry for things that actually satisfy you forever, that will make you laugh forever, preparing to rejoice when you take it on the chin from people who hate you and call you evil just because you're not willing to deny the power of a God of perfect love who conquers all hate and evil? Do you want to be happy? Really, really happy? Do you want to have blessings from God so many that you can give them away, even to people who you don't give the time of day to usually, much less a dime as they pass you by? Do you want to feel equal to everyone else in the world? Like Thomas Jefferson promised us, we should be. Not above, not below, but on a level plane. Neither proud nor jealous, but content and, yes, even happy with who you are and what you have. Do you want real justice in God's world? Justice now that isn't angry or punishing, but justice that puts every child of God on a level field, including us. This is the happiness that we want in Christ. If, that, if it is indeed what we really want in our heart of hearts. Because Jesus shows us and tells us from a simple point of view to help us get the point of what it is to have this real happiness. It's a very simple thing. Be like 
God. Amen? Amen? Let's try it again. Let's say it together. Be like God. Amen. Be like the God who crouched like a beggar to teach us about real riches and who taught us to share them with those who didn't have them. Be like the God who hungered for righteousness, feeding real love and real food to real people who cried real tears before he died on a cross for our sake and our salvation so that no one ever, ever again could be denied the chance for God's deepest happiness and joy. And if this happens to be what you don't want, or what you're willing to do for what you want, then Jesus shows us that the world has a very simple plan for you. Take the easy way out. Be rich now or later. Laugh now, cry later. Accept flattery now and face hard truths later. These blessings and curses from Jesus, like those in today's reading from Psalm 1, they follow a pattern that was very familiar to people in the time of Jesus. These blessings and curses, that was a, a technique that was used to seal contracts and covenants between people. So God in this reading is offering us a lasting, saving covenant of love, a covenant of blessings in the name of Jesus and in the word of Jesus. The world covenants with us only to offer those curses. Today, God offers us the blessings of God through faith in Jesus Christ. God offers them to us all equally, knowing that like people passing by a beggar on the street, we all need them equally, but we don't all want them equally or give them equally. Choose God's blessings. Choose God's happiness. Choose God's joy. Choose to be really happy in Jesus. You'll never regret it. And I pray that you'll always be happy. Amen. Amen. It's time now for the prayers of the people when we lift up our joys and concerns and those of our community and those of God's world. I'll open up to make us mindful in a moment of silent prayer for the future of the United Methodist Church. The United Methodist Church movement was born in the 18th century when the love of God greatly warmed the heart of a man named John Wesley. And he was one of millions that have carried the love of God to all people around the earth ever since. And so I would appreciate it that we pray for our delegates to our special convention this coming week, our alternate delegates, our bishops, everybody in their families and in their congregations and in their communities, everybody who will be providing them transport and food and shelter, and medicine, and support services. Please pray with me now in a moment of silent prayer, in love, 
for the future of our church that we place in the hands of the Holy Spirit acting upon these people. Spirit and praying for our church. And I pray that in the days ahead at 223, which is the opening day of this conference, try to create a reminder for yourself. Pray for the future of our church. That God's love may increase through our work in Christ. We pray for Edna Roberts, who's one of the blessed leaders of our community. You may remember her hard work in opening our new dog park here in Maryland. She is suffering from uh, vision problems that may be permanent. So we pray for her continuing health and please hold her husband Mike in your prayers as well. We pray for the soul of David Hurst, brother of Edie Mark Antonio. We're so so sorry for your loss and your family's loss. And we know that he lives in a good place. We pray for the family of Paul Crone. We pray uh, a special prayer for Irene Peterson, who passed away last week. Her funeral service will be at the Galesville Funeral Home on Monday at 11 o'clock. For those of us who have visited Irene faithfully as members of the church and supported her during her illness, we thank those people and we thank God that we were able to serve on them. And we pray for Jenny Metza, that she may be feeling better soon. And we also pray for the family of Colleen Marchek as they mourn their losses through the death of Colleen. Let's also pray for our community. Some of the oodles of prayers that people have brought to our doorstep. This person prays for good health and happiness for my family and others out there. God be glory for that way happiness. Like open the box of chocolates. I pray my dad gets his health back. Pray for everyone for health and happiness. on into your eternal kingdom and to the light of your love that we pray embraces the hearts and souls of everybody and their families and all the friends and neighbors who love them and care for them in their hearts. Lift their families up at this time. Lift up the ill and trouble. Give them comfort and assurance. Be with our men and women in the military and those who serve our nation and the cause of peace all around the world. 
be with our United Methodist Church and this church. That by focusing on your love in Christ, through the living presence of your Holy Spirit, miracles of faith will unfold in the days ahead. Miracles that we cannot predict or understand. And help us, dear Lord, to be happy in your image of happiness. That the world, through your grace working in us, may become a truly happy place. All these things we pray for in the blessed and holy name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray this prayer that we are going to sing now.
coming today. We pray that the happiness and blessings of our Lord will remain in your heart today and always. Let's join together in our charge to keep so that we charge up to get those blessings. Let's say together now. Have faith in God's blessings. They protect us now and always and will lead us and God's world to happiness that cannot die. Be God's blessing forever. And now, may the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord shine God's face upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up God's countenance on us and all of God's work. And may the people touched and blessed by God say with mighty voices, Amen!